Section 21 of The Purple Cloud. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabby Cowan. The Purple Cloud by Matthew Phipps Shiel. Section 21. I have been thinking, thinking of my life. There is a something which I cannot understand. There was a man whom I met once in that dark, backward, and abysm of time. When I must have been very young, I fancy, at some college or school in England, and his name now is far enough beyond scope of my memory, lost in the vast limbo of past things. But he used to talk continually about certain black and white powers and of their strife for this world he was a short man with a roman nose and lived in fear of growing a pouch his forehead atop in profile was more prominent than the nose end he parted his hair in the middle and had the theory that the male form was more beautiful than the female I forget what his name was, the dim, clear, obscure being. Very profound was the effect of his words upon me, though I think I used to make a point of slighting them. This man always declared that the black would carry off the victory in the end, and so he has, so he has. But assuming the existence of this black and this white being, and supposing it to be a fact that my reaching the pole had any connection with the destruction of my race according to the notions of that extraordinary scotch person then it must have been the power of the black which carried me in spite of all obstacles to the pole so far i can understand but after i had reached the pole what further use had either white or black for me which was it white or black that preserved my life through my long return on the ice and why it could not have been the black for i readily divined that from the moment when i touched the pole the only desire of black which had previously preserved must have been to destroy me with the rest it must have been the white then that led me back retarding me long so that i should not enter the poison cloud and then openly presenting me the boreal to bring me home to europe but his motive and the significance of these recommencing wrangles after such a silence this i do not understand curse them curse them with their mad tangles i care nothing for them are there any white idiots and black idiots at all or are these voices that i hear nothing but the cries of my own strained nerves and i all mad and morbid morbid and mad mad my good god this inertia here is not good for me this is talking about the palace and long thinkings about earth and heaven black and white white and black and things beyond the stars 
my brain is like bursting through the walls of my poor head to-morrow then to constantinople descending to go to the ship i had almost reached the middle of the east platform steps when my foot slipped on the smooth gold and the fall though i was not walking carelessly had i swear all the violence of a fall caused by a push i struck my head and as i rolled downward swooned when i came to myself i was lying on the very bottom step which is thinly washed by the wine waves another rolled and i supposed i must have drowned i sat there an hour lost in amazement then crossed the causeway came down to the esperanza with the motor went through her spent the day in work slept on her worked again to-day till four at both ship and time fuses i with only seven hundred fuses left and in istanbul alone must be eight thousand houses without counting galata tofana kasim pacha scutari and the rest I started out at five thirty and am now at eleven p m lying motionless two miles of the north coast of the island of marmora with moonlight clothing on the water a faint north breeze and the little pale land looking immensely stretched out solemned and grey as if that were the world and there were nothing else and the tiny island and its immense and esperanza vast and i only little to-morrow at eleven a m i will moor the esperanza in the golden horn at the spot where there is that low damp nook of the bagnio behind the naval magazines and that hill where the palace of the capitan pacha is i found that great tangle of ships in the golden horn wonderfully preserved many with hardly any moss growths this must be due i suppose to the little ali bay and kesat hana which flow into the horn at the top and made no doubt a constant current ah i remember the place long ago i lived here some months or it may be years it is the fairest of the cities and the greatest i believe that london in england was larger but no city surely ever seemed so large but it is flimsy and will burn like tinder the houses are made of light timber with interstices filled by earth and bricks and some of them look ruinous already with their lovely faded tints of green and gold and red and blue and yellow like the hoofs of withered flowers for it is a city of paints and trees and all in the little winding streets as i write are volatile almond blossoms mixed with maple blossoms white with purple even the most splendid of the sultan's palaces are built in this combustible way 
for i believed that they had a notion that stone building was presumptuous though i have seen some very thick stone houses in galata this place i remembered lived in a constant state of sensation on account of nightly flares up and i have come across several tracts already devastated by fires the ministers of state used to attend them and if the fire would not go out the sultan himself was obliged to be there in order to encourage the firemen now it will burn still better but i have been here six weeks and still no burning for the place seems to plead with me it is so ravishing so that i do not know why i did not live here and spare my toils during those sixteen nightmare years for two whole weeks the impulse to burn was quieted and since then there has been an irritating whisper at my ear which said it is not really like the great king that you are this burning but like a foolish child or a savage who liked to see the fireworks or at least if you must burn do not burn poor constantinople which is so charming and so very old with its balsamic perfumes and the blossoming trees of white and light purple peeping over the walls of the cloistered painted houses and all those lichen tombs those granite menhirs and regions of ancient marble tombs between the quarters greek tombs byzantine jew mussulman tombs with their strange and sacred inscriptions overwaved by their cypresses and the vast plane trees and for weeks i could do nothing but roamed about with two minds in me under the tropic brilliance of the sky by day and the vast dreamy nights of this place that are like night seen through azure tinted glasses and in each of them is not one night but the thousand and one long crowded nights of glamour and fancy for i would sit on the immense esplanade of the serakirat or the mighty grey stones of the porch of the mosque of sultan mehmed fatif dominating from its great steps all old istanbul and watch the moon for hours and hours so passionately bright she soared through clear and cloud till i would be smitten with doubt of my own identity for whether i were she or the earth of myself or some other thing or man i did not know all being so silent alike and all except myself so vast the seraskirat and the suleimane and istanbul and the marmorasi and the earth and those argent fields of the moon all large alike compared with me and measure and space were lost and i with them these proud turks died stolidly many of them in the streets of kasim pacha in crowded taksim on the heights of pira and under the long moorish arcades of sultan selim 
I have seen the open-air barber's razor with his bones, and with him the half-shaved skull of the faithful, and the long two hours narch-gilly with traces of burnt tembaki, and has cheese still in the bowl. Ashes now are they all, and dry yellow bone but in the houses of fanar a noisy old galata and in the jew quarter of Pripacha, the black shoe and head-dress of the greek is still distinguishable from the hebrew blue it was a mixed ritual of colors here in boot and hat yellow for mussulman red boots black kalpak for armenian for the effendi a white turban for the greek a black the tartar skull shines from under a high taper kalpak the nisaine dishes from a melon-shaped head piece the imams and dervish from a great chronicle felt and there is here and there a frank in european rags i have seen the towering turban of the vashi basuk and his long sword and some softas in the domes on the great wall of Istanbul, and the beggar and the street merchant with large tray of watermelons, sweetmeats, raisins, sherbet, and the beer shewer, and the barbary organ, and the night watchman who evermore cried fire with his long lantern, to pistols, dirk, and wooden javelin strange how all that old life has come back to my fancy now pretty vividly and for the first time though i have been here several times lately i have gone out to those plains beyond the walls with their view of rather barren mountain peaks the city looking nothing but minarets shooting through black cypress tops and i seem to see the wild muezzin at some summit crying the midday prayer mohammed resol allah the wild man and from that great avenue of cypresses which traverses the cemetery of scutari the walled city of istanbul lay spread entire up to fanar and ejove in their cypress woods before me the whole embowered now in trees all that complexity of ways and dark alleys with overhanging balconies of old byzantine houses beneath which a rider had to stoop the head where old turks would lose their way in mazes of the picturesque and on the shaded bosphorus coast to found Dukli and beyond some peeping jolly snow-white palace or old armenian cot and the seraglio by the sea a town within a town and southward the sea of marmora blue and white and vast and fresh as a sea just born rejoicing at its birth and at the jovial sun all brisk alert to the shadowy islands afar and as i look i suddenly said aloud a wild mad thing my god a wild and maniac thing a shrieking maniac thing for hell to laugh at for something said with my tongue 
this city is not quite dead three nights i slept in istanbul itself at the palace of some sanjak bey or emir or rather dozed with one slumbrous eye that would open to watch my visitors simbad and ali baba and old harun to see how they slumbered and dozed for it was in the small luxurious chamber where the bey received those speechless all-night visits of the turks long rosy hours of perfumed romance and drunkenness of the fancy and visionary languor sinking toward morning into the yet deeper peace of dreamless sleep and there still were the white yataks for the guests to sit cross-legged on for the waking dream and to fall upon for the final swoon and the copper brassier still scenting of a sense of rose and the cushions rugs hangings the monsters on the wall the hashish chibakus narkiles hookahs and drugged pale cigarettes and a secret-looking lattice beyond the door painted with trees and birds and the air narcotic and grey with the pastilles which i had burned and the scented smokes which i had smoked and i all drugged and mumbling my left eye suspicious of ali there and simbad and old harun who dozed and when i had slept and rose to wash in a room near the overhanging latticed balcony of the facade before me to the north lay old galata in sunshine and that steep large street mounting to pira once full at every nightfall of divans on which grave dervishes smoke narghiles and there was no space for passage for all was divans lounges almond trees heaven high hum chiboques in forests from galata and artery workmen from tophafana and on the other side of the house the south end a covered bridge led across a street which consisted mostly of two immense blind walls into a great tangled wilderness of flowers which was the harem garden where i passed some hours and here i might have remained many many days many weeks perhaps but that dozing one forte with those fancied others it was as if there occurred a laugh somewhere and a thing said but this city is not quite dead waking me from deeps of peace to a startled wakefulness and i thought to myself if it not be quite dead it will be soon and with some suddenness and the next morning i was at the arsenal it is long since i have so deeply enjoyed even the marrow it may be the white who has the guardianship of my life but assuredly it is the black who reigns in my soul grandly did all stambul galata tofana Kasim, right out beyond the walls of tufanar and ejov blaze and burn the whole place except one little region of galata was like so much tinder and in the five hours between eight p m and one a m all was over 
i saw the tops of those vast masses of cemetery cypresses round the tombs of the osmanlis outside the walls and those in the cemetery of Kasim, and those round the sacred mosque of ejov shrivelled away instantaneously like flimsy hair caught by a flame i saw the genoese tower of galata go heading obliquely on an upward curve like sir roger de coverley and wild rockets and burst high high with a report in pairs and trees and fours i saw the blue cupolas of the twelve or fourteen great mosques give in and subside or soar and rain and the great minarets nod the head and topple and i saw the flames reach out and out across the empty breadth of the etmedian three hundred yards to the six minarets of the mosque of achmet wrapping the red egyptian granite obelisk in the centre and across the breadth of the serai Maidani. it reached to the buildings of the seraglio and the sublime port and across those back barren stretches that lie between the houses and the great wall and across the seventy or eighty great arcaded bazaars all enwrapping it reached and the spirit of fire grew upon me for the golden horn itself was a tongue of fire crowded west of the galley harbour with exploding battleships turkish frigates corvettes brigs and east with tens of thousands of felucas caicas gondolas and merchantmen aflame on my left burned old scotary and between six and eight in the evening i had sent out thirty-seven vessels under low horse powers of air with trains and fuses laid for eleven p m to light with their wandering fires the sea of marmora by midnight i was encompassed in one great furnace and fiery wolf all the sea and sky in flame and earth aflare not far from me to the left i saw the vast tofana barracks of the cannoneers and the artillery works after long reluctance and delay take wing together and three minutes later down by the water the barrack of the bombardiers and the military school together grandly grandly and then to the right in the valley of Kasim, the arsenal these occupying the sky like smoky suns and shedding a glaring day over many a mile of sea and land i saw the two lines of rodier flaring where the barge bridge and the raft bridge over the golden horn made haste to burn and all that vastness burned with haste quicker and quicker to fervor to fury to unanimous rabies and when its red roaring stormed the infinite and the might of its glowing heart was gravitation being sensation and i its compliant wife then my head nodded 
and with crooked lips i sigh as it were my last sigh and tumble weak and drunken upon my face End of section 21 Recording by Gabby Cowan